0: wow i could really use current i also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales i guess i'll just go to their website at current.tech
1: transform your home in one weekend with paint from menards get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color dutch boys duraclean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy-opening, smooth-pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy Paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today.
0: Save big money at Menards.
1: All right, let's get started. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at fightful It is January twenty sixth, and we got a special guest for a very special time in pro wrestling. We got Brandon Thurston. You might you might remember him as Brandon Howard
2: Thurston. Why why no three name gimmick? It's worked for me. Yeah, I uh, you you've had so much success with it. I didn't I didn't want to steal your gimmick. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wrestle as this name too, so I figure why not just uh, why not just make it easier for people.
1: Well, it, it's worked out either way for you. Uh, he heads up WrestleNomics.com, which is just the go-to for literally every type of thing that we're going to speak about today. Uh, I mean, I often delegate to to your sort of input and advice and opinion on a lot of these things because uh, to say that WrestleNomics has been a, a proven success and, and formula that has influenced the wrestling industry would be a, a major understatement, so go check that out, guys, but... I want to know what your initial thoughts were like. Did you have like a phrase in your head when you heard WWE Network going to Peacock?
2: Well, um it's it's something that's been talked about for about a year now ever since George barry's and Michelle Wilson who were at that time uh the co-presidents of WWE they were fired on January 30th, 2020 and uh it was apparently because of strategic differences between them and Vince McMahon, he wanted to no longer go with this uh, direct-to-consumer WWE Network, at least on the U.S. side, and we wanted to sell the rights to a major streaming player. And uh, apparently he was talking to ESPN+. Plus. I think that's according to Dave Meltzer. Yes. Uh, then COVID happened, and that interrupted everything and caused all sorts of economic havoc. So that didn't happen for a while. And then uh, Nick Kahn was brought in as the new chief revenue officer and president of WWE. He's the one who helped them make the TV deals that they got done uh, in 2018 which are their current deals now that they're getting paid under that they're getting paid enormous TV rights fees for for Ron and Smackdown and now he works for WE he, he almost certainly had everything to do with this deal with peacock and uh, you know there were uh, it, it was always a subject that came up on the earnings calls between uh, between January of last year and and the most recent one in October so uh, I was uh, not so much expecting it to happen so- this soon rather than later because I was just confused about how w- the best way was to um, to sell the pay per views at this point. Because I think uh, these are pay per views that used to be charged $60 yeah. for. And now we spent the last seven years teaching everybody that they're worth
1: $10. And, and UFC and, has since raised theirs up to like 70, 75. Yeah,
2: have they? Yeah. And sometimes they crash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I've heard about. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a product that used to be super expensive, and they cut the price into one sixth, basically. And I have felt that you know, I think the best way to monetize these events is to, is to sell them for a large fee, like fifty or sixty dollars. It's probably not what people want to hear, but um, I think that's the best way to monetize them. And I don't know if you can put the genie back in the bottle, but I guess what I hadn't considered, which I'm starting to understand now, is that when you're when you're a big cable company like Comcast, which is what who owns. NBC universal, you're probably looking at your cable subscribers decline over time. No, no telling when that's ever going to end. They're presumably just going to decline indefinitely. I don't know. And you've got to invest big in a streaming service. Even if your streaming service isn't going to be profitable right now, even if odds face, I think a lot of people are saying they're looking at this deal and you're going to get, there's 1.1 million W network subscribers in the U S that they're basically going to inherit. Some of them are almost you know some of them are going to be comcast subscribers sure but uh and and that's going to result in basically even less than one point one million subscribers, and you're going to charge them the same price and you're going to charge them four ninety nine in some cases for people who are willing to look at the ads, so you're going to get less revenue, I guess even than WWE was getting but uh,
1: and we we don't necessarily know how much in ad money necessarily that they'll get off of that too, because they will make up some of that difference as a result of the ads that will play on on the content, but it, it surely couldn't be the amount in which
2: they're they're sacrificing, right? Yeah, it's gotta be way less on, on ad money. It's probably a small fraction, I would yeah. think. Um but yeah, there, it looks like the you know, NBC Universal is going to gain way less revenue than W is getting for itself. But uh when you're Comcast, when you're NBC Universal and you're your business is built on cable subscriptions that are declining. You've got to throw all this money apparently at a streaming service, whether or not it's going to be profitable right now. It's, it's a business that you have to grow for the future to make your business uh, profitable and, and, and survive in the future. So that's what's happened here. And it's resulted in WB being the beneficiary of, uh, of a deal that's going to pay them more generously than their, their consumers were able to pay them uh nine ninety nine a month for, and now for the for the fan who's for the subscriber of WWE Network, you're getting probably all the same stuff you're getting before, and uh, whatever else is on Peacock, you're basically going to become yeah. a Peacock Premium subscriber. So now you can watch The Office.
1: Oh yeah, that legitimately a top WWE star. When I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what are your thoughts? And they're like, nah, we'll be on the same thing as The Office. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, like like it, it's all over. I don't want to say it's all over the map. They're looking at it as positive and it's mainly optimistic even those that were a little bit pessimistic even said well this is probably good from a from a broad perspective because there will be a few people that accidentally find them when i was poking around about this i i heard people in WWE, they were like, yeah, we thought a deal was coming together, like, last year, like, around, like, when the, the switch from Barrios and Wilson happened, they were like, "When when that happened, we thought something was going to be announced in the following weeks, and they sort of internally blamed covid they were like well how can you negotiate in a time like this and it is understandable that how can you negotiate in a time like this we didn't know if people staying home was going to mean massive viewership increases or or what what could be held now we saw that's not necessarily the case
2: yeah well in february so barris and wilson were fired january 30th and then i think the following thursday there was an earnings call so vince was out there by himself and with his interim CFO, Frank Riddick. And he, he basically said, so that, that, that was early February. And he just said that, you know, we've got it, we're working on a deal and we might even have it done before the end of Q1, which would have been March 31st. Yeah. And that never happened. So he, he was confident enough to, to say publicly that he almost had a deal done. But uh, as you said, then COVID happened in the middle of March. And that, that seems to have, have upset the timing of everything.
1: And you, you mentioned kind of putting the genie back in the bottle for pay-per-view we are seeing AEW and a lot of people they'll point at AEW's TV numbers and they'll be like, yeah, well, TNA back in the day was doing this this many million well, you look at the pay-per-view numbers and at least based on what's reported they blow away what TNA was doing for pay-per-views at a premium price at TNA's height uh, we see UFC and, I mean, you know the drill now, no matter what, if it's if it's a 50-year-old Rampage Jackson against anybody, Dana White's going to Go on ESPN and say these numbers are trending like Habib and Connor, like he'll always say that it, it without fail. But it seems like they're doing decent pay per view numbers, but their business is much different because ESPN is paying a premium for all that. And he's basically selling those pay per views for ESPN. There are so many different business models here. Do you think that WWE could follow any particular one of them, like selling the, the pay per view standalone? putting a paywall behind a paywall, which is was tragic for the UFC this past weekend?
2: I, I think, you no. Know, I, I think it will reassure everybody to hear. I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that every pay-per-view is going to be just part of your Peacock Premium package, and there's not going to be a, uh, a standalone, not even WrestleMania uh, standalone for any additional upcharge. Um, I think, you know, if you were just playing a short-term game, you could make tens of millions of dollars. Uh, I don't know what the math is off the top of my head, but you could make tens of million do- millions of dollars by putting WrestleMania on a standalone $60 upcharge. Um, you'd make a lot of money that way. But I think they see things as, this is a, a long-term investment and maybe it's just better, in fact, to have a, a simple offering. I think that was one of the strengths of, of the W Network strategy is that there weren't you know, all these different options, at least for US consumers. It was one price the entire time. It was $9.99. And that was simple for everybody to understand. I think that's kind of a, an underestimated value in, in how simple your offering is, how easy is, is it for me to understand how much I have to pay and what I'm getting in return. So, yeah, I I, think, I do think, though, they, they, they broke something that was perfectly uh, functional and uh, probably more profitable for them, uh, at least in light of all the costs that were related to the upstart costs of, of, the, of the W network. I still think the, the best way to monetize these peak monthly events that we continue to call pay per view events because we've always called them pay per view events, even though, at least in WWE's case, they have not been primarily consumed on pay per view in seven years. Yes. But I, I think that the best way to, to monetize these is still through pay per view. Now, I know, know UFC is a way different business. Sure. They've had, they continue to have great success. Um, but you look at AEW and they're continuing to, they're doing only four, granted.
1: And, and that, that was actually a chat that we just got. Somebody said they have too many pay-per-views. People can't afford sixty dollars one or two times a month.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think what we've learned through the history of of this wrestling pay-per-view business, though, is that um, if you think about like the In Your House pay-per-views were fifteen dollars, and as opposed to the regular pay-per-views at the time being thirty dollars, the idea was that maybe we'll get more consumption and more uh, revenue out of our pay-per-view buyers by lowering the price. Uh, and I think they, they, the lesson that we learned from that is that uh, it, it didn't really matter that uh, they raised the price from 15 to 20. And if anything, buys went up, you know, later on, they changed the standard pay-per-view price from from 30 to 35. I think actually before that, they just said, ah, screw it, we'll just make all of them $30. Yeah. And uh, now this coincides with the rise of the Attitude Era and things getting really popular. But even after the Attitude Era, the, the pay-per-view price continued to raise and it didn't really seem to affect... Uh, pay-per-view buys in any obvious way um, because I think the, the kinds of people who are buying the pay-per-views are, are, the, are the really hardcore base of fans. And, uh, and the, uh, the pay-per-view price just proves to be really a, a business term that I've learned by watching The Wire. Price inelasticity means that no matter what you change the price to, you have a pretty similar number of people who are buying the product. Yeah. I think that's kind of what pay-per-view is. You know, and uh, I, I would be right there with everybody complaining about having to pay more for for a pay per view. Uh, I never bought a pay per view. I think like kind of on my own. I always did it with friends or something sure. where we split it. You know, so I I I don't think I would be paying sixty dollars for a pay per view. But uh, I, it doesn't appear in in the in the big numbers that, that I look at to have any real strong effect on the, on the uh, on the sales and on the money that you make in the end. So um, I think. The W Network strategy that they would get all of these extra sales, all this extra revenue, greatly in excess of what they were getting. I, I we've learned, I think that uh, you know, there wasn't really as big of an opportunity there as uh, George with and Michelle Wilson thought uh, when the network was coming out, yeah. and for a few years after they were projecting three to four million subscribers, that never happened. Yeah, got about halfway there at best, and uh, you think nowhere, about was
1: yeah, the- nowhere near projections. And I mean. I, the rise of piracy and streaming at that time. It's like, pff, who will even bother to pirate it now? They can get it for ten bucks, and maybe you'll make up that difference in eyeballs. And they, they love to promote the watch hours. They love to say, well, "We've got this many watch hours, this many minutes."
2: Yeah, because of the it more determined their bonuses at one point. Did it, it was, really? It was, it was something that was structured into how they were paying the, the executives. Was was something that was disclosed in in the uh, the proxy statement oh, yeah. one year. Which which I think is tied to why you see um, you saw some of those pay per views get so long, and why after Barris and Wilson left, they they've been a, a lot shorter oh, lately, right?
1: Much more um, digestible. Yeah, to watch.
2: I, I think I think the idea was that, uh, and I don't think it was just I don't, I don't think it was just cynically like we want to pay ourselves more money for so to make these pay per views insufferably long, but that the the more time you spend using this service, the less likely you are to cancel it. So uh, so I think that's what that was about, and now they they. You know, after Barris and Wilson left, they were clearly not uh, in, into that strategy as much. So that, that that's why the pay-per-views, I think, have been shorter.
1: Do you see uh, Comcast or, or any other cable companies sort of adjusting, the like even monthly payments to adjust for this? Comcast, I'm sure will have to factor this in a little bit because they offer Peacock as a part of their service. And uh, again, that will cannibalize
2: some of those users. So, so are you talking about how uh, – is this, is this part of somebody's uh, cable subscription fee?
1: Sure. I mean if if Peacock is provided as a part of Comcast, could Comcast look at that and be like, well, we're going to increase like a buck or two, maybe make that back?
2: I, I would think that's what they're trying to do is the reason why people who have Comcast cable have free access to this or have access to it as part of your cable fee that you pay is they want to get you watching this thing, get you using this thing, get you accustomed to it. And then over time, as as what happens on cable becomes less and less relevant, that uh, maybe eventually the the bulk of what you're paying for is Peacock Premium.
1: Reminder, guys, check out more of this great coverage at WrestleNomics.com, something that we rely on in our line of work uh, very heavily. I was a little bit surprised yesterday cuz I'm not a big stocks guy. I I bought some stuff dirt floor like like low and made some money this year, but I'm, I'm not like a stocks guy. Were you surprised the stock was virtually unaffected? I mean it's pretty well plateaued from where it was in in the morning or
0: You have one unheard message. <laughs> and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com slash purpose parker engineering your success
1: or where it was friday compared to now it's it's not there's not a significant change
2: it is up six percent today i've only looked at it like one other other time today
1: yeah but since friday i don't think it's i don't think it's up that much since before the announcement because the announcement hit that morning and uh I think, yeah, Friday. I was, I
2: was surprised. I was surprised yesterday that, it, that it didn't jump. And in fact, it went down by a couple percent. Yeah. Um, I, I remember thinking before the market opened yesterday morning, well, the stock is probably going to jump here, but it didn't. Um, yeah. but it is up today. I think, I, I don't, I don't know, if, you know, who knows what goes into these things, but I, I did notice today that there were what really drives the stock price is kind of just the opinions of of the stock analysts who are sure. the people that you hear on the earnings call who, who get to participate in the Q and a, um, and I did see a, a a few analyses come out, probably since the market closed yesterday, that raise of the price target. So it's just sort of what the analyst thinks the, the real value of the stock is, I guess. Um, and and it's there was significantly were
1: this past month, like a pretty pretty big increase over the last month, from like around forty eight dollars to to upwards of fifty seven fifty seven forty one, I think, is what it is right now.
2: It's 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 been climbing consistently since the last earnings call, which I believe was Halloween or October thirtieth, where we see it down to thirty six dollars, thirty-six cents. And it's been climbing pretty consistently uh throughout you know, ever since then, and now up to fifty seven dollars. My number just changed on my screen. Yeah.
1: I mean, gone gone are the days of one hundred dollars or eight dollars, but I mean, still, I mean, that's pretty healthy. Some people have made some good money on this. Uh, Jimmy Vann had submitted a question. He says, do you think that this is uh, WWE's internal admittance that the network has peaked since for five years now they had almost guaranteed like $50 million per quarter, uh, even though that included uh, all countries that weren't the U.S. And obviously U.S. is their best geographical uh, demographic for that.
2: Yeah, I, I think in 2019 – the, the, the network really, as far as the, the subscriber growth, really needs to be looked at in terms of year-over-year. Year. You compare this quarter to the same quarter of the prior year because WrestleMania always causes things to peak. And in 2019, we had four or five consecutive quarters where that year-over-year year comparison was down from the prior year. So I think at that point, I think everybody recognized that, you know, this, this is at its saturation point at our current level of popularity. And uh, that, that's where you, you started to hear Berrios talk about how he wanted to do a premium tier. Uh, he wanted to do three tiers, He wanted to do an ad tier, which happened. Yeah. And he wanted to do this, keep the standard tier and do a premium tier that was at, probably at a higher price point and gave you all kinds of – Amazon Prime for WB is what I, what I kind of conceived it, it would be. Um, <clears throat> but I think that at that point, I think everybody realized that it's in terms of the number of subscribers, you know it, it's peaked and uh, way short of the three or four million that they kind of absurdly in hindsight projected. And, uh, you know, I think it was just uh, in January of last year it was been saying, you know, I'm, we're not going to do this the way you're, you're saying we're going to do. It. We're just going to sell it. And I think um, that was greatly at odds with, with the, the, the strategy of, of Barrios and Wilson. And, uh, you know, they, they survived for a long time for executives of that company that usually don't last for something like 11 years that they lasted there, a, you know, starting about the same time and leaving together. And now, now they're doing their own investment firm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I thought it was pretty evident early on there were that we were going to eventually see some changes to WWE Network because of how hard they beat you over the head with 9.99 for the first few months and then for years you never heard a price point mentioned unless that price point was free. If that price point was free, then it would be mentioned. Do you do you think that the free aspect of it that's do you think that's going to be dead and gone considering the nature of this new deal? Or will it be a point of attraction where they say, oh, check this out, and by the way, there's a bunch of cool stuff on Peacock.
2: I imagine. So there's – I think there's still going to be an international W network for everybody. That is exactly what it is now for oh, for you. If, you if you don't live in the U.S.
1: Also, sorry to yep. interrupt. Peacock does have a free option as well, so –
2: Right. Which I understand is very limited. I have to, yes, you know, do, do some research limited. and and sit down with with the Peacock app and uh and go through it. But um yeah, I, I think there'll still be a free tier I guess for those international subscribers who use the the network through, you know, in Canada they use Rogers. They have a yeah. they have some sort of I don't live in Canada so I can't really tell you, but they understand they have they it's through their their cable system. Well, Rogers and owns th-
1: everything in Canada from what I've learned.
2: So yeah. <laughs> Rogers and Bell. Yeah. It's one of the yeah.
1: two and they own everything.
2: Yeah, and uh, and in India, Sony handles the network for them there, and I think O S N was even doing something for them in the in Middle East, North Africa. But yeah, you can think of the the Peacock uh, acquisition in, in in terms of of those deals. Um, now somebody is going to operate it for them. Um, so there will be a free tier, I guess, for the people who are who are using the network in the in the in the way that we were using it in the U S. Um, I think, that, like you said, there'll be a very limited free tier where maybe you'll be able to get access to some WE stuff, and um, and I think, yeah, there'll be a premium tier for for everybody else. So you're just going to be—I I, I didn't totally realize this until yesterday afternoon. You're just—it's not as if there's a, a W Network add-on to the yeah. to the Peacock system. You're just a Peacock premium subscriber, and part of being a Peacock premium subscriber is you get the W Network essentially. Yeah.
1: So I mean, it's quite literally anybody that has the WWE network right now you're if you pay the same price you're getting peacock or you can opt to watch ads and then you're just paying half the price for WWE network it, for fans it's it is a home run win like i don't see how anybody could could look at it negatively now of course there are people that look at things and they say well what motivation does WWE have now you would think that these companies would breathe down WWE's neck and say you know we'd really like for you to create some compelling content so more people will subscribe to our service but the track record in which we have seen on Monday nights with that 1 billion dollar deal does not indicate that whatsoever and they're the ones with this this program it's peacock and universal and all that and on raw alone since 2018 we have seen you are the authority we have seen the superstar shakeup we have saw seen raw go dark for the last hour raw underground retribution as a as a like oh well this this will fix the ratings type of thing we see we saw that we saw the brand to brand invitation we saw the wild card like there are legitimately like 10 schemes that instead of just compelling content however on Fridays what we're seeing right now is Compelling content. Do, do you think they'll take a cue from Fridays? Do you think it will be adjusted at all? Is that even in the mindset?
2: I I think um I don't have a lot of faith that W content in general is going to get better while Vince McMahon is the head of creative. Um I, I think what we're kind of getting at here is are there any incentives, maybe in the in the terms of the deal, and hopefully we'll get some some insight into this question. On next week Thursday, when there's the next earnings call, are there any incentives uh, that that Peacock is is uh, giving WB to put on strong pay per views? Like, do they get a, a a small percentage of the subscriber numbers or something like that? Otherwise, I think uh, you know, for the last seven years, there's been a WB Network, and people have talked about how you know, well, now it's it's it is a more stable revenue source because it is a recurring uh, it's a recurring fee that you pay every month but uh, it's not like it was when it was just straight pay-per-view and uh, you had to deliberate every month whether you're going to spend $60 on this product. So now it, it really is guaranteed. I think before it, I think you still, uh, you still have to deliver a strong product because yes. people can cancel and they're, they may use it less over time and then become apathetic and then eventually they'll realize, oh, I haven't watched this thing in like three months. I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. But, um, but now, um, I don't know. WWE pay-per-views could have very, very low viewership, and what's the deterrent for WWE unless they are being incentivized somehow? If I were Peacock, I would certainly want to build some sort of structure into the terms of the deal to incentivize WWE to continue to do a good job, well, to do a good job (laughs) promoting the pay-per-view. Especially Um,
1: when you see the return that TNT is getting on their wrestling product as compared to other, other shows. Are you familiar with the Varos Twins?
2: I am okay I who so they the are
1: TikTok viral stars and when I when I interviewed yeah. them I was like they they gonna they gonna work me are they gonna do the gimmick the whole time and Luther hit me up and he said that's just how they are. He's like don't be off yeah. put by them that's how they are. And I was very surprised that they gave me insight. Honest to god, insight on their content creation and they say you ever heard of quality over quantity and I was like yeah, of course and they go not us. They said we are quantity over quality, and sometimes that's the way that content works. And if it hits, it's worth it for us. I feel like that's a lot of what WWE is doing right now. They're like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, Superstar Spectacle, Main Event, 205 Live. If something hits, that's good. But we've got, we've got all these hours, and those hours are important, especially when you're a streaming service touting. We have this many hours of content.
2: Yeah, and they want to do uh, NXTs all over the world in 2018. Triple H came out on the stage at the Business Partner Summit, which is which is the big event of WrestleMania weekend to people like me. And uh, he <laughs> he stood in front of the, st- stood in front of this giant uh, map of the world that had NXT logos all over it. And uh, you know it, it, they just did the the India Superstar Spectacle, and maybe India is the next place that they do an NXT brand, just as they've done in the UK, and maybe a performance center to go along with that. I think there was there was some rumor about maybe. Uh, you know, buying out a Japanese company before COVID came, and uh, I think they want to put put another brand eventually in uh, in somewhere in South America too. So uh, I, I think there's you know that that's part of global localization, sure. as they say, and they want they want to put uh, all, all these different brands around the world to target you know to target the populations around the world. So I I don't know if if uh, you know they're going to continue to create more content and does the does the Peacock deal. Uh, now that it's guaranteed money, dissuade any of that? I don't know. I mean, it, it's not as if uh, NBC Uni- Universal is going to own them. So they, they have to continue to, you know, it's kind of in their interest, I guess, to continue to do, for example, a three hour RAW, even though maybe that dilutes the viewership, even though maybe that's not the best thing long term for the, for the popularity of the brand. But uh, it creates three hours of content rather than two, which allows USA Network to be even more highly ranked than it would be otherwise. And it allows WWE to charge NBC Universal uh, a little bit more, um, somewhere around a third more than, than they would otherwise uh, f- for TV rights. So, no, I, I don't know that we're going to get less content anytime soon. But, uh, I don't know, hopefully you don't have to watch everything to keep up with it.
1: Last question as we wrap up. And a reminder, guys, WrestleNomics.com. Obviously, WWE is more familiar with Peacock and NBC Universal and all that good stuff. It, they had had talks with ESPN as as reported by Dave Meltzer, but it didn't work out. Do you think a lot of this stuff is is maybe more the the devil you know type of thing? Even though let's be real, NBC Universal has been very good to them of late, uh, especially considering they lost that that SmackDown property as well. Do you think that that went into the decision at all? I'm sure we'll find out more on on the earnings call, but I'm
2: very. curious I, I, about I that. think they're they're. Corporate answer would be that anytime you can deepen a, a business partnership with somebody and create these synergies, you, you want to do that. I think more like the real reason is, the, yeah, you, there's some truth to that. You want to improve that partnership because um, there's you're going to have to start renegotiating a, a TV deal with them in next year, 2022, probably finish a deal, 2023. And uh, who knows what's, what's going to happen with NXT here. Uh, NXT's deal is probably up in the fall. And um,
1: USA's got NHL on the hook pretty soon. Sound,
2: sounds like they're going to inherit a lot of uh sports content from NBC Sports Network shutting down. And, and, and Universal
1: uh, has felt out WWE about moving NXT in the past just to see how they feel about it. I've I've specifically heard of those conversations and what I heard was WWE wasn't opposed to it, but I don't know what that means. I mean, if it was a hypothetical, why wouldn't you say that you're not opposed to it, type of thing?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, NXT has always been on Wednesday night, and it's, <laughs> yes. and it's, and it's the yes. others who came to their night, okay? If, but, uh, yeah. If
1: there's anything that we get out of this, if, did you ever watch Conan O'Brien when he was on NBC? Yes. Okay. Yes, Do you remember when NBC Universal, I think, acquired USA and he had the, the Walker, Texas? ranger handle
2: that's right if we can get our truth with a like
1: walker... a yes if we can get our truth with a walker texas ranger gimmick only on pay-per-view or on raw obviously i mean i, th- I think i think this is a win for fans everywhere
2: yes you're, you're integrating your intellectual property that way i mean this is exactly what stephanie has talked about all these years is you know brands want to be integrated with your content uh, you know, I, that's why I, I think the next step is to uh, just create the, the cricket wireless universal championship. And, uh, you know, you've got the, uh, the, the sponsored NHL leagues now or NHL divisions now. I think it's, it's, uh, maybe only a matter of time.
1: Well, Brandon, I, I thank you so much for joining us. Of course, wrestlenomics.com. Tell the people where they can get a hold of you.
2: Yeah. I have a podcast that comes out every weekend, wrestlenomics radio that you can find just by searching for wrestlenomics in your podcast app. I have a website, rustlenomics.com, that I put a lot of my written work on. There's a lot of resources and business statistics that you can find there. I have uh, a Patreon, patreon.com slash rustlenomics. It's got got a report and analysis about all all this uh, Peacock business that's going on lately. And uh, you can follow Rustlenomics on Twitter, at rustlenomics. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Thurston.
1: Guys, thank you all so much, Brandon. It's thank great you so to be invited much. Invited
2: with, with Sean Ross
1: Yeah, I'm glad to glad to have you on. Guys, make sure you leave a thumbs up, subscribe, check out all of Brandon's stuff, and we'll have more on this on the Listen You Boy this week